0: Russia, Russia, Russia. Russland.
1: Russia. and hello to a new episode of the Why Russia podcast. On this podcast, we ask foreigners who live in Russia one simple question: Why Russia? Today, we are joined by Rachel. Rachel Lloyd. She's a student in Russia, in Moscow, to be specific. And Rachel, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit to the audience and you can explain to them why you left Florida and why you're now studying in Moscow.
0: My name is Rachel. I am 26 years old and I've been living in Moscow for the better part of four years now. I study jurisprudence and international law at a university in Moscow. And I came here because I'm studying Russian for my first bachelor's degree in the United States. And I wanted to practice my Russian in Russia, because to learn a language, you need to practice speaking the language, preferably with native speakers. And I came to Russia right during COVID, and I got stuck here. And for the rest this history. I couldn't get back home. So I decided, why not try a degree? And I got into a second bachelor's degree program at the Moscow State Institute of International Relations. And I've been really enjoying my time there. And I'm coming up to graduate actually this June. So it's all come full circle.
1: You mentioned that you started learning Russian for your bachelor's. So what caused you to study Russian? It's very interesting because I remember when I was in university, a lot of people were studying Spanish, maybe French. I don't know what was in the US, very attractive at the point. But were there many people who chose to study Russian? Or how did you become so interested in studying Russian?
0: When I first got into my first bachelor's degree program, I went to the University of Florida. I was in the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. I was studying geology. And the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences requires all of its students to learn a foreign language, I believe for two semesters at least, either two semesters or two years, I can't remember. And my first choice was German, actually. And when I told my dad, oh, I signed up for German, he was like, Rachel, that's useless. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, I know. And so my second choice is Russian. And I was like, okay, I'll go with Russian. Makes sense. Russia has lots. It's really rich in natural resources. I'm studying geology at the time. It just made sense. And that was the height of the 2016 election. And Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Russia was a very important topic at the time due to Crimea. It it just built off from there. And I really ended up falling in love with the language. And I just stuck with it. I changed my major to Russian studies. And now I'm living the dream in Moscow.
1: Yeah, so you came to Moscow and you made a big move. And what was your experience of Moscow? How did it differ from your expectations? Because I guess before you came to Moscow, you had some expectations about the country, about the people. How did your experience differ from the expectations that you had beforehand?
0: I'd never traveled before, really. I'm from a very small town in Florida. I never really left the area I lived in. Even my university, which is a, was a great university, my alma mater, it was about a 30, 45-minute drive away from where I lived. And I didn't really have this experience of, oh, this country's like this, these people are like that, I've heard this and that. You hear about all the stereotypes, the vodka, the bears, the politics, and so on. But I, I came in really with a blank slate, and I immediately fell in love. The first time I we went to Moscow was for a summit. And that lasted about a week. And when I was back in the U.S., immediately was like, I need to go back. And so that's when I started the journey of doing a language program to practice my Russian after I graduated. And then I got stuck there, as I already said. But I didn't have expectations. It just all fit. Everything was perfect.
1: Did you arrive the first time in Russia in summer or was it winter? Because I remember when I was coming for the first time to Russia, it was January. And it was really cold. It was like minus 30 degrees. And you are from Florida, right? This is a weather you never even dreamed of, I guess, in Florida. It's always sunny in Florida. And so maybe you can tell us, what was your first experience of arriving in Moscow? Was it in the summer? Maybe then it's a completely different picture than in the winter. And how do you deal also with this climate difference from Florida where you were growing up? You said you never really left the place. And then you suddenly come to Russia, one of the coldest countries in the world? How did you adapt to this difference?
0: The very, very first time I came in the beginning of October, and that was also the first time I ever saw snow. In Florida, it doesn't really snow. Maybe in the very north of it, you might get a little bit. Where I live, no snow whatsoever. So I just remember being so magical seeing the snow. It wasn't very hot, cold at the time, that first go around. But when I returned the January after that, Um, It was still a pretty warm winter, but for me, it was freezing. Uh, It was below zero. I'd never experienced really anything below zero before, especially not during the daytime. In Florida, during the winter, it gets to maybe about 12, 10 degrees. That's considered really cold, I think. (laughs) Uh, So, you know... It's cold, but I've adjusted to it. And I think I actually like the cold and the winter more than the summer now because I get to see the snow. I think snow is so magical. I love it.
1: Yeah, we have kind of the Florida Weeks also on the podcast. And before you, the episode was also with a student from Florida originally. And before that, we also had another guy from Florida actually on the podcast. Can you share some of the cultural differences that you've noticed between not just the U.S., but maybe Florida specifically, and Moscow?
0: I would say, and I think this is, it could be a bit of a stereotype of Americans. I feel like a lot of my European friends have told me this, but Americans are generally very friendly from the first moment you meet them. They want to talk to you. They'll give you their entire life story. And I'm guilty of this as well. I have met some strangers and I tell them everything about me. And I've only known them for about 15 minutes. I don't think I've met Russians who are like that yet. I'm sure there are a few that are like that, but as a general rule, I haven't experienced it. Other than that, I, I might be a bit of a like an oddball here. Maybe it's because I'm just really good at going with the flow and adapting to my environment, but I haven't really ever felt culture shock. I just transitioned immediately into living in Moscow. There wasn't really anything that stood out to me as crazy or very different. The only thing I can think of really is like that initial kind of heavy friendliness that Americans tend to have. It's absent amongst Russians.
1: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the education system in Russia and in the US. And you're the perfect guest to talk about this because you studied in American university and also now in the Russian university. So in your opinion, what are the major differences between the Russian education system and the American education system?
0: Is a lot. And I was very lucky to have friends who helped me through my first year in Moscow because without them, I don't think I would have survived. The major difference, the first thing I can tell you right now is the course load is way bigger in Russia. At my university in the United States, if I wanted to go over 18 credit hours a week, I had to get written permission from my faculty advisor. In my very first semester of my first year at my university here in Moscow, I calculated it and there was a point in the time where I had 31 credit hours a week. And I say at a point in time, because the other thing is that I had classes that would end halfway through the semester and a new class would begin right after that. I've never experienced something like that before. The scheduling is is insane. I don't know how students survive it, to be quite honest. I think the only thing that got me through was the fact that I'd already done a degree and I had friends who were experienced with it and were able to help me. The other major difference I noticed was the exams, more so the format of the exams. In the United States, all of my exams were written. and Either they were essays or they were multiple choice. In my university here in Moscow, everything's verbal. I have to sit in front of two examiners and then I have to say my answer out loud. And that was very strange. And as someone whose Russian was absolutely terrible years ago, and it's still quite bad, I think that was mortifying. <laughs> it was very stressful. There's another major difference. I'm trying to recall, oh, the sense of brotherliness, the fact that we have these academic groups and, and I have been with the same 20 people since my first year. We've all gotten to know each other very well. I know them all by name. They help me. I help them. I didn't really experience that in the U.S. It's much more individualistic at a U.S. university. You're kind of you're on your own. You can get help. You can talk to people, but it's not like you depend upon people. Whereas I feel in Russia, you have this sense of kind of dependency upon one another and this real kind of like you have to work mm-hmm. together.
1: Yeah, no, we talked about the studies itself, but what is also very interesting in the US, you know it because you studied in an American university, you have all these extra curricular activities, right? You have the marching bands, you have the football teams, I don't know, whatever, maybe the pickleball team, whatever comes into your mind. There's probably like a team at an American university. How is it in Russia? Are there also many extracurricular activities? Or maybe you joined some clubs. What can you tell us about like the life at the Russian university outside of the classroom? What is going on there?
0: Like I am the president of my university's American Association. So I'm supposed to be there for other American students. Unfortunately, due to current events, there aren't many Americans coming to my university. But all the same, I am there. I'm supposed to be organizing stuff for them um, and for others who are interested in it. There are other... Um, societies for different countries around the world. At my university, I've seen also there's the legal club There are clubs for all sorts of different disciplines. I wouldn't say that they're as maybe important as they would be in the United States. It's a bit of a different culture here. I feel like in the United States, you're supposed to do whatever you can to get an edge. Whereas here, yes, to a degree, but that edge really just comes from your studies and what you're studying and how well you did during your studies. And whereas in the United States, you have to do all these other little extra things to kind of push you over the edge in the eyes of an employer. I think that it's there. It's in Russia. It's just not as prolific, not as important as perhaps in the United States.
1: So now we talked a lot about the life in the university or maybe some extracurricular activities, but how do you spend your weekends? If you have a free weekend, you don't have to do the reading assignment. You have finished it. How do you spend your time in Moscow? What's going on in a normal weekend day of Rachel in Moscow?
0: Not the best person to ask just because I am really busy. I work a lot, so I go to school. And then a lot of times I have work after class or on the weekends, typically on the weekends, because that's when I have the most free time. But when I'm not working and I'm not in class, I tend to go meet up with lots of different friends of mine. I live in the international student dorm at my university. And so a lot of my friends are foreign students and I get to kind of peek into other cultures and other countries through them by my conversations with them, hanging out with them, learning from them and them learning from me. It's like, this great cross-cultural exchange that I get to have in my free time with my friends and even with acquaintances or people I've just met. Other than that, I really enjoy the parks in Moscow. And I am definitely someone who tries to find the free time to go and visit a different park in Moscow when she can. Um, Obviously, Park Gorkova, Gorky Park is like the quintessential one you have to visit in Moscow. But Moscow is so big that there are just so many great spots that you can find to just go sit, maybe grab like a hot dog or cotton candy or ice cream and just enjoy the beauty of nature around you.
1: You mentioned the other foreign students that are also living in the dormitory. And when I was living in the dormitory as well, there were many students also from countries like the United States, from France, from Bulgaria, European Union countries. I guess nowadays, the situation is a bit different, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe you can tell us from which countries are most of the foreign students right now? And how is it interacting with the foreign students? How has it influenced your experience of Moscow?
0: Absolutely right. Unfortunately, a lot of the Western students are absent in my university. There just aren't. I, in fact, just a few days ago, I asked the international department if there were any incoming students from the United States coming in. They were like, no, there's nobody. It's like, oh, great. Um, You know, whatever. Most of the time, I see people from Former CIS countries, a lot of people from Asia and the Middle East. I am really, I think, fortunate because I'm able to speak with people from Laos, Afghanistan, Serbia, Bosnia. I've met someone from North Korea, and I've had some really interesting conversations with her. And this is something I'd never experienced if I were in the United States. It's been very enlightening because obviously, you know, you, you talk about Afghanistan, Iraq, North Korea and the United States, and people have a very specific idea about those countries and the people that come from those countries. And then you get to meet people actually from these countries, and you realize they're a lot more like me than you realize. So the influence has had on me is incredible. It's opened my eyes, and I feel like I'm less likely to take things at face value now. I'm more likely to form my own opinions about things, do some research, talk to more people. I think it's good. Impact on me. Yeah.
1: Now we talked a lot about Moscow. And as we all know, of course, Moscow is not Russia, right? There are so many different places in this big country. So, did you have the chance to travel within Russia? And if so, what destinations have you visited and what destinations inside of Russia you liked and you can maybe also recommend to the listeners? Maybe some hidden gems that you can recommend to the audience to visit inside Russia
0: done as much traveling as I had hoped I would, mostly because of COVID in the earlier years, and then just kind of work got the best of me. But this past summer, I was over by the Sea of Azov. And I will say, as someone who's from Florida, and we have by far the best beaches in the United States, the Sea of Azov has some really great beaches, really great water. I got to see jellyfish for the mm. first time. It was really cool. Beautiful shells. The water was like perfect temperature. The winds weren't too bad. The waves weren't too much. It was perfect. So I would definitely recommend going to the Sea, sea of Azov if you have the chance.
1: What um, city especially been... there at the Sea of Azov? Maybe you can recommend it.
0: Like... I think I was by Doljansk, but I can't. I'm not actually sure where we were because I was with a family teaching their son um, mm-hmm. and they had us go to a surf resort. So it wasn't really like a city. It was like a surf resort on the water. Yeah, but I want to see it was by Doljansk is what it was called. How is it um, called? It was it called?
1: Again, a- uh, maybe I can repeat the name one more time because it's the first time I hear in the city.
0: <laughs> I can't be wrong, but I believe it was Dolzhansk. Belgiansk. Dol- yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: I believe. I could be mistaken there. I've been to uh, Rostov-Madono and I was there for a few hours. I took a river tour. It was really neat. I liked that place a lot. I'd like to go back and spend more time. I've been to the smaller town slash city of Suzdal, which is like a really old city. I got to see one of their churches that are completely made out of wood. I got to see their Kremlin. It was really neat. I got to hear some Russian folk singers and my goodness, it was incredible. One woman's voice I heard almost brought me to tears. She sang Mm. so beautifully. And I've gone through St. Petersburg, but I haven't visited St. Petersburg yet. So I'm really hoping to go there soon and check things out because I'm a really big fan of European architecture. We don't quite see it in the United States. And so every time I go to a new city or a new country, I'm always looking at the buildings because I just love the way the buildings look. (laughs)
1: It's
0: very different, very alien, if I might say.
1: Yeah, you should definitely go to St. Petersburg. Amazing city. And it's very interesting that you mentioned Suzdal and rostov Nadonu or Rostov-on-Don. Because those are two cities that are also on the top of my bucket list, especially Suzdal was recommended to me so many times. It's this small city, very authentic, like Russian village life or small town life. So I'm a little bit jealous that you were already in these cities and I did not yet find the time to go there. And now we come to a philosophical question. It's already nearly the last question. How has living in a foreign country in Russia influenced your personal growth and also your perspective on life? You already mentioned that you had the chance to interact with people from North Korea or from Pakistan or from other countries. But in what other ways did it also influence your thinking about the world and also your general outlook on life?
0: Overwhelming optimism. I think that living in the United States, we're kind of... Um notorious for being a bit ignorant about world politics, for having very specific stereotypes. There's a lot of kind of negative feelings towards the United States when it comes to the greater world at large. And coming into Moscow, coming from a very small town, you know, a small town American girl, uh, kind of ignorant about the world around her, I would say, has opened my eyes. And I'd say for the better, because certain people, especially even just Russian people, they've changed quite a bit. And I, I think that from here on out, I can look at the world and yes, I see there are a lot of problems within my own country, within other countries, between other countries, but I see these people and they're just like me. They also have their own issues. They're also going through their own things. They have their own victories, their own failures. They have their own desires. And I see them and like, you know, I've told lots of people this, but like living in Moscow, it feels like home to me. The people there are very similar, I think, to those that I've met in the United States. The city just, it's it feels feature to me just living there, interacting with people, going, whether it's like having my food delivered right to my door, which I think is still really crazy and really cool about Moscow, <laughs> to just like going to the park and talking to some random person who can't find their way. It's just I feel human. I feel more human, I guess. Um, The human connection is like very important. And I think living abroad, living in a foreign country has just solidified that for me.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And now we come to the last question. It's a very practical question. What advice would you, I mean, you are one of the few American students right now in a Russian university, probably. What advice would you give to other American students who are also considering Studying in Moscow or maybe in other Russian cities, what do they have to know before they make this decision? And would you even recommend them to make this decision at this time? Because we all know the geopolitical situation is quite rough at the moment. But when you came, there was COVID, so it was also a rough time. So, what is your advice for other people, especially students who want to make the move to Moscow in these difficult times?
0: Just do it, just go. The very worst that could happen. In my mind, as long as you're, listen, yes, the situation is very strange, but it's really not that hard to obey the law. Just do your due diligence. Look at what is and isn't allowed. Stay in contact with your university to make sure you're not breaking immigration law and so on. And you're, you'll be fine. I haven't experienced any issues at all as an American in Moscow. And during COVID, I was seconds away from buying a ticket and turning back to the United States. And I didn't because my gut was like, no, stay, it'll be fine. And it ended up being great. And I'm still here because of that one split second decision I made during COVID times. I would say my biggest piece of advice to people that want to come here and study, think it through, look up the laws and just be prepared for an experience that is unlike anything you've ever had before you'll make it to be and if something really negative it might end up being really negative but I think a lot of people you stay positive you look at the sort of benefits of coming here be it a better language knowledge making better connections with people learning about a different culture and I would just say go for it do it
1: Rachel, thank you very much for taking the time today to share your nearly unique perspective as a student, an American student from Florida, studying at the Russian elite university, MGMO. And yeah, thanks for taking the time. I think this was an amazing episode and a lot of people, they will probably listen to this advice maybe that you gave in the end. Very useful advice, in my opinion. Thank you for your time and speak to you soon. The last word was not hearable, what you said right now. I think you said Um, but.
0: No, I said (laughs) thank you very much, (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Okay,
1: okay. great, great, yeah. Uh, It was, all right, Uh, now I stop recording. After listening to the conversation so far, maybe now you're interested in moving to Russia. Or maybe you even have some questions regarding a visa for the Russian Federation. If this is the case, I can wholeheartedly recommend the team of movingtorussia.ru. They have answers regarding all the matters of relocating to Russia. To remind you once again, it is called movingtorussia.ru.